What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be going through and updating my rest of season rankings. So I think the last video I did was like three weeks ago. Good time to go through and update these. So going through every single position, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends, splitting these players up into different tiers. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I want to know your thoughts also. There were some spots in these rankings at different positions where it got very tough to differentiate, specifically the wide receivers I felt were very tough. It seemed like a lot of players I was ranking too low, but then there's just a lot of quality options at the position. So let me know your thoughts down below. I'd like to hear who you think should be higher or lower, but let's dive right into the running back position. And I just have one tier one guy here. It's Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if there's a single soul out there who does not think CMC is the running back one rest of season. He's handling a massive workload. He's on one of the best offenses in the NFL. He also has that receiving upside. You got to fire him up as the clear cut number one running back. Then shifting over to a little bit of a larger tier two, we're going to have Travis Etienne, Austin Eckler, Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Saquon Barkley, and JT. Just to kind of point out some of the players that, you know, people may be up in the air on. I think Travis Etienne has proven he deserves this spot. Very large workload. He showcased the touchdown upside, has the three down skill set. I feel like Austin Eckler, people are starting to maybe panic on him, fade away from him. He's had two not so great games coming off an ankle injury. I'm really not concerned. He's going to be used heavily as a pass catcher. I think he's going to have some much better games moving forward. I don't think we can take a sample size of one really good performance, then he gets hurt, two not so great games, and we're just going to forget everything he's done over the last two seasons. I still view Eckler as a locked in high end uh, running back one. I think he has a great opportunity to go out and have a huge boom game against the Bears and really just kind of remind people what type of a fantasy performer he is. Brees Hall is definitely a riser from the last time I did these, no longer on the workload restriction. The Jets offense has been fine. Obviously, it's not a top tier unit, but it's enough to support Brees Hall. They're giving him larger and larger workloads. I think he's a locked in mid-tier RB1 or better rest of season. Kenneth Walker, very consistent. Some people may argue him higher. For me, I just think he lacks the receiving upside of all the guys ahead of him, but still going to have a very solid week-to-week workload on the ground. Saquon Barkley, locked in RB1. JT, definitely a riser for my last set of rankings. Even though he's been in this split with Zach Moss, I really don't think it's going to continue rest of season. I think he's going to pull away you know, 65-35 split, 70-30, somewhere in there. I think JT will be a great option rest of season. And this Colts offense has proven that they can put up points. With Gardner Minshew at quarterback, he's not going to have to worry about Richardson kind of vulturing from the goal line. And he's also showcased some receiving production, which we hadn't necessarily seen a ton of in uh, previous seasons. Now shifting over to tier three, going to start it off with DeAndre Swift. I could definitely see an argument for tier two. Um, I just don't know if he has the touchdown upside of some of these other guys. We've seen them go to Kenneth Gainwell on the goal line. And then you obviously have Jalen Hurts, you know, just uh, doing the tush push anytime they get close. So I think that's the thing that kind of sets him back from some of those other options. But I do get the argument if you want him in tier two. Devon Achan may be someone who is viewed as high here, considering he's still on IR. He's going to miss two weeks. But we've had positive reports that he should be completely ready to go coming off of IR. And that three-game stretch where he was getting legit snaps... I mean, he was absurd. He had a wildly high fantasy ceiling. I feel like he's going to step back into that role, like the 1A to uh, Raheem Mostert's 1B in this committee. And I think he has a high-end running back one ceiling when he is healthy. So I think the injury is factored in here. 
Obviously, if you like need wins now, you're really struggling, then you'd probably take some of the guys below him. But I really do think this is a fair spot for Devon Achan. And if you are a team that's like stacked, you have a great record, he is someone I'd look to buy now from a team if they are kind of struggling for uh, wins now. Then we're going to have Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs, I feel like, has been pretty frustrating. If you roster him heading into the season, the concern seemed to be the contract and then whether or not he would shut it down later on in the season if he didn't have a long-term extension. I don't think a lot of people you know, thought he would just straight up struggle. I know personally I didn't. It's not like the uh, Raiders offense was some sort of crazy high-functioning unit last year, and he still performed very well. The volumes there, the efficiency has just been absolutely terrible. I still think he's like an RB1, fringe RB1, but definitely a little bit disappointing so far this season. Behind Jacobs, I have Alvin Kamara. Now, if we just take what Kamara's done over the last few weeks, he definitely should be ranked higher than this. I do think they could start to pivot to getting Jamal Williams more involved. I also don't know if the volume he's seeing as a receiver is going to be sustainable. Like a lot of them are just kind of like empty dump offs, which obviously is great in half point PPR, PPR formats, but I don't know if he's going to keep that volume up. And then uh, David Montgomery here. Some people may think Montgomery should be higher. I kind of feel like this is a fair spot. We don't know about his injury. I don't think he's going to play this week. We'll see if he's back for, uh, what would that be, week nine. Um, If he's back in week nine, then maybe we bump him up a slot or two. I think he's going to have a very solid workload on the ground. But I do think Jameer Gibbs with last week, now this week most likely, I feel like he has the opportunity to kind of work his way into the backfield. Obviously, Montgomery is going to be the guy in there on the goal lines. But I do think his point per game number is definitely skewed from just like some crazy touchdown performances. I don't know if those touchdowns are going to be sustainable rest of season, but I still think he's a nice high-end running back too. And then the last guy in this tier, Raheem Mostert, talked about him in that split with Devon Achan. Um, you know, I think he's still very valuable as the 1B there, and he'll be the top option over the next two weeks at least with uh, Devon Achan on IR. Now, shifting into Tier 4, we're going to have Pacheco, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Jameer Gibbs, and Aaron Jones. Kind of a weird mix of guys in this tier. I could see an argument for Pacheco being jumped up into Tier 3. I just don't know if he has the ceiling of some of those other guys. Like, we know he's going to have a solid, efficient workload on the ground, but the receiving work is lacking, and the touchdowns, like, it's not like he's dominating the usage inside the red zone. So even though he's on a good offense, the Chiefs do opt to pass a lot near the goal line. So I think he's fine here as like a high end running back too, but I'm not like overly high on him just because I don't know if the ceiling is there. Derrick Henry, definitely a faller throughout the season. I will say the one interesting thing is that if he gets traded specifically to like the Ravens, then I think he becomes very interesting rest of season and would be a better option because right now this Titans team is not trending in the right direction. And the fact that they've shown a willingness to shift to Tajay Spears when they're trailing in games they're probably going to be trailing in a lot of games here. So that's the concern with Henry. If he gets traded, I think he would definitely get bumped up. We'll see how that plays out, you know, prior to the uh, trade deadline in a few days. Joe Mixon, really solid weekly workload. I think he's going to get better as Joe Burrow, you know, kind of gets healthier coming off the bye. So I do think Joe Mixon is an interesting buy low because he hasn't really done much fantasy wise, but his usage has been there on an offense that should be pretty good rest of season. So he's a mid-tier RB2. Then we have uh, Jameer Gibbs. I feel like some people may think Gibbs should be higher, some lower, maybe like in between here. Obviously, in the short term with David Montgomery out, he's going to be like a locked in RB1 week to week. And like I talked about with Montgomery, I do think he's going to open up the opportunity for him to get more and more involved. I do think it's somewhat encouraging that when Montgomery is out, they give him like this huge workload. 
because it shows that they don't think he's like this super fragile back. And he's been able to hold up under those carries in those two games. I think he's going to get more involved as a pass catcher um, once we see Montgomery back compared to what we saw earlier on in the season. So I do like him here as like a mid-tier RB2. And then he does have that running back one upside if Montgomery were to go down again. And then wrapping up this tier with Aaron Jones, Jones is just a tough guy to rank because he's had some injury problems. He's come back and not handled super large workloads. So hopefully he's able to get healthy and kind of get back to what we saw in week one. Um, But definitely not like a locked in thing that we're banking on here. And now shifting into tier five, I feel like this is where we start to get a little bit iffy about these running backs. We're going to have James Cook, Javante Williams, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kyron Williams. So for James Cook here, Coming off the Thursday night game, that is going to be factored in these rankings. So some of these guys, you know, have a an extra game in there. The usage wasn't great. The lack of receiving work is what's really kind of concerning here with James Cook, but he is still currently the lead back on one of the best offenses in the NFL. I also think if we're looking like rest of season, you would probably skew towards James Cook, like building on his role compared to losing it to Latavius Murray but not someone you can feel like, you know, super high on moving forward. I think back end running back two is probably fair. Then we have Javante Williams. Hasn't necessarily been amazing fantasy wise, but I do think he's going to build throughout the rest of the season. Coming off the ACL, he had a solid game last week. I think he's going to be a riser rest of season. Then we have Ramondre Stevenson and Ramondre's kind of settled back into his role that we feel comfortable with, but it's not great that at one point him and Zeke were like locked into a 50-50 split. Like that is not ideal. This offense has been struggling, um, I guess, prior to last week. So don't feel great about Ramondre, but I do think he's like a back-end running back too. And then finishing up this tier with Kyron Williams. For Kyron Williams, when healthy, he gives you running back one production. He's going to miss the next three weeks on IR. That's at the very minimum. And I think there is legit risk that he comes back and is not locked into that same workload. Like coming into this season, Kyron Williams was not some sort of like world beater running back that the Rams were super excited about. I mean, even week one, he was in a split with uh, Cam Akers. So I don't think he's guaranteed this workhorse role coming back from injury. They've brought in some other options. Does this turn into somewhat of a committee? We saw them operate a committee with Royce Freeman and uh, Darrell Henderson last week. So I wouldn't be shocked if this was like a Kyron Williams Henderson split. Even if he's leading, I don't think he's locked into that great role. If I did think he was locked into it, then I'd probably have him much higher because the three games missing him would be worth that high upside. But like I said, don't think that's a guarantee. And then in tier six, we're going to start it off here with James Conner, another guy currently on IR. The thing with Conner compared to, you know, potentially a guy like Devon Achan is that we haven't gotten like a great piece of info saying like James Conner should be ready to go after the four week minimum. I do think once he's back, he'll probably step into a similar role that he had before. Um, You know, you've had Amari DiMercato kind of step up, get that RB1 usage last week, but don't know how established some of those other guys are. And compared to a guy like Kyron Williams, we've seen James Conner used as a workhorse in previous seasons. So I think Conner's interesting. Obviously, the offense is going to cap him a little bit, but Kyler Murray likely returning soon. Interesting, like fringe running back two potential buy option if you are a top team. Then we're going to have Rashad White. Solid usage. Um, Efficiency has been a problem coming off of a decent game on a Thursday night football. Kind of just feel like this is where he's going to slide in rest of season. Then we have some guys who potentially have lost their roles or at least are like losing traction in their backfields. Brian Robinson and Damian Pierce. Both of these guys have had their usage fall off. Um, Damian Pierce, we'll see what it looks like with Singletary. Wasn't trending in the right direction prior to the bye week. Brian Robinson, same thing, losing touches to Chris Rodriguez. And then wrapping up this tier with Gus Edwards. I feel like Edwards may actually be a little bit undervalued. 
obviously a Derrick Henry trade would just completely nuke his value. So that is factored in here. But uh, if Derrick Henry does not get traded here, he's had a pretty solid weekly workload on a top rushing offense, definitely playable somewhat confidently in uh, good matchups on the ground. And then the final tier, tier seven, this tier is really all over the place. A lot of variance in these backfields, starting off with Alexander Madison, who knows how it shakes out here with Cam Akers would still lean towards him being the top option, but that could definitely switch up. Roshan Johnson pretty much has two weeks to make a claim to lead this backfield before Khalil Herbert comes back. If you prefer Herbert, I don't think it's crazy considering the fact that he was leading the backfield before going on IR. Then we have Tajay Spears. This is pretty much like a Derrick Henry handcuff play, also factored in with Henry potentially getting traded. If Henry's gone, Tajay Spears is probably a top 24 back. I don't know how crazy we can get just because the offense is probably going to be terrible, but he also has that receiving upside. So He's kind of game script proof in that sense. Then we have uh, Miles Sanders here. Would still lean towards him leading that backfield, but it could very well be Chuba moving forward. And then the back-to-back Steelers, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris. Can't feel great about either of them. And then wrapping it up with Daryl Henderson. Just kind of getting potentially three weeks of like 1A uh, committee work there. So kind of like a short-term piece once uh, Kyron comes back, would expect him to lead that backfield, even if it is in somewhat of a split. So that's going to wrap it up for the running backs. Now pivoting over to the wide receiver position, we have a pretty solid tier one here. So just going to run through these names, Towery Kill, Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Ahmad Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen, and AJ Brown. AJ Brown may feel a little low after the absolute tear he's been on. It really just comes down to how stacked these wide receivers are. Amon Ra has also been fantastic. Keenan Allen has also been an absolute monster. So if you wanted AJ Brown much higher, I'm not going to push back. Like I said, all these guys in tier one, so very high on all of them. Justin Jefferson, if you're getting him back in two weeks, then I think it's kind of worth taking him over some of these other options just because he has a little bit of a higher ceiling. At least I think we've seen that out of him. And the Vikings offense looking somewhat competent even without him is definitely encouraging moving forward. But like if you're in a really bad spot, you desperately need wins, then you probably would take guys like Amon Ra or uh, you know Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown over Justin Jefferson. But I feel like most of those guys, people pretty high on them moving forward. Shifting into tier two, just a three-man tier. We're going to go Devontae Adams, Puka Nakua, and CeeDee Lamb. By the end of the season, if Devontae Adams was locked in with those other top options, I wouldn't be surprised. We're kind of just catching him on a little bit of a down stretch here over the last three weeks. Still really like him moving forward, getting Jimmy G back this week. Then we have Puka Nakua. May seem crazy to have like a wide receiver two here. We've had some of those wide receiver twos coming into the season, the Jalen Waddles, the Devonta Smiths. They have not lived up to it. Puka Nakua comes out of nowhere, balls out without Cooper Cup. Now he's still putting up great production, even with Cooper Cup back in the lineup. I think he's a top 10 wide receiver rest of season. Then wrapping up tier two here with C.D. Lamb. Cowboys offense definitely been a little bit underwhelming, but I still think C.D. Lamb should be viewed as like a back-end wide receiver one. Now into a little bit of a larger tier three here. Going to go Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, and Mike Evans. Now I will admit, this is really where the wide receiver position starts to get really rough. It's kind of tough to balance what we've seen through like seven games of the season compared to what we're expecting moving forward, what we've seen last week, like what these guys have proven throughout their careers. So it's going to be a tough balance. I think tier three, tier four, maybe even getting into tier five. It's very tough to split up these wide receivers, like I said at the beginning of the video. But starting off with Chris Olave, wide receiver one for the Saints, commanding solid volume, just kind of needs to hit in the touchdown department moving forward. 
Brandon Ayuk. I would view him as the better option over Debo just because he doesn't have the current injury concerns. Um, obviously, Purdy dealing with a concussion right now, but shouldn't be a long-term issue. So I do like Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. These are two guys that people may think I have ranked too high here. Obviously, both of them have underperformed to start off the season. These were guys who were drafted as like back-end wide receiver ones, maybe at worst like high-end wide receiver twos, and they definitely haven't lived up to that price tag, but I'm not off of them. Like I know people are panicking on Devonta Smith. We have seen AJ Brown go on a crazy run. This is not a run that's sustainable rest of season, and we just look back to last season. Devonta Smith proved he is a very, very talented wide receiver. He is going to get his in this offense. I'm not concerned long-term. Still very in on him. And then similar thing for Jalen Waddle here. I guess the only concern would be his back injury, but this passing offense has proven to be great. Jalen Waddle has proven that he is a very, very strong wide receiver weapon. So I think he's going to get his games, and I still like those guys. Now, if you want to take some of the guys towards the bottom of this tier, I get it. Like I said, very tough to kind of divvy these guys up. And then actually another one of these wide receiver twos coming into the season, T. Higgins. He's dealt with some injury problems. Uh, Joe Burrow hasn't been healthy. I think both those guys are going to be trending up rest of season here. T. Higgins with the rib, Joe Burrow with the calf, but coming off the bye week, I think T. Higgins is trending up. Then we're going to have DJ Moore here. Currently don't know the status on Justin Fields. Doubtful for this week. We'll see how much longer he misses. But I think even last week, the Bears proved they really want to get him involved. They're going to target him funnels, like him as a mid-tier wide receiver too. Adam Thielen, he's someone who I've been low on, you know, pretty much all season long, coming into the season, wasn't high on him. I think at this point, we just got to accept it. I have him as a mid-tier wide receiver too. If you want to rank him higher, I really can't push back too much because the production he's put up so far is locked in wide receiver one. Now, do I think it's sustainable? No, but we got to give him some respect here. That's why I have him as a mid-tier wide receiver too. And then wrapping up this tier with Mike Evans, he has been the better Bucks wide receiver. Chris Godwin showing some life um, yesterday, like both of those guys, but I would give the edge here to Mike Evans. And then shifting into a very, very large tier four, another very, very tough tier to differentiate between. We're going to start it off with DK Metcalf. He hasn't been great so far, but he still has been the wide receiver one for the Seahawks. I think this passing attack could get better. Geno Smith has not played at a super high level. So I think Metcalf could be trending up, assuming he's healthy, good to go this week. Then we're going to have Michael Pittman. Like the volume he's seeing with uh, Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Colts wide receiver one, solid play rest of season. Behind Pittman, we're going to have Nico Collins. Nico Collins has been an absolute monster paired with CJ Stroud. We'll see how sustainable it is. But at this point, I think we got to give him his respect here. He is the leading wide receiver. Hasn't been like, overwhelmingly relying on touchdowns. So excited about him rest of season. We have Debo Samuel here banged up, but he has shown some decent performances early on in the season. Obviously we know this uh, 49ers offense has been great. So I do like him here as a back end wide receiver too. Then we're going to have back-to-back rookies, Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers. Jordan Addison proved he could thrive even without Justin Jefferson in the lineup, coming off a dominant game against the 49ers, and I think he'll be totally fine once Justin uh, Jefferson is back. I still think he'll be like a weekly wide receiver too, even when Jefferson is back in the lineup. Maybe his ceiling is going to be capped, but still a very solid play. Then we have Zay Flowers, hasn't necessarily hit in the touchdown department, but very safe week to week. Lamar Jackson has looked great as a passer this season like them. And with these rookie wide receivers, they're probably trending up rest of season just as they get more comfortable and, you know, fully kind of uh, adapt to the NFL. Then we're going to have Christian Kirk. Feels a little low for Kirk, especially with how close I have him to Calvin Ridley, because I do think he's kind of earned that edge. 
Um, but I don't think the difference is as extreme as people are kind of talking about. But right now, I would view him as their top wide receiver. And then Jacoby Myers. Myers is someone who sticks out to me as feeling very low here. I have thought about moving him up, but I do just really like all the options ahead of him. I think the one thing about Myers that kind of sticks out is the touchdowns. I don't really think those touchdowns are sustainable, and they are kind of, you know, pushing up his uh, fantasy production. So that's like the argument I have for having him this low, but... Like, I think if you can get an extreme difference from like the top of this tier to the bottom, I'd be totally willing to move down within this tier in terms of like trade value. Because I mean, Myers is like a high end wide receiver three seems disrespectful just based on how well he's played. But that is where I have him. And then Calvin Ridley. Um, I know some people are going to not like this. They're going to be very out on him. I still think Calvin Ridley has some juice. I think throwing him away after seven weeks after he's missed pretty much two straight seasons is not super smart. Um, I still think he has some upside here. As a whole, the Jaguars passing offense has been not underwhelming, but I don't think it's been firing on all cylinders like it could. The touchdowns definitely haven't been there. So I do think there is a lot of room for improvement here with Calvin Ridley. Behind Ridley, going to have Garrett Wilson. Now, Garrett Wilson, obviously, talent-wise, should be ranked higher than this. I just don't know if he's in a situation that gives him a crazy high ceiling. I think Zach Wilson has done a fine job supporting him peppering him with targets, but I just don't know if the touchdowns are going to be there. And he's also not one of these wide receivers who's like a dude where you just want to like be force feeding him, you know, like these toss ups in the red zone. He can make those plays, but I don't think it's necessarily his strong suit. And then the final guy in this tier is going to be Marquise Brown. He has played very well with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, should be getting the Kyler Murray upgrade very, very soon. This also could feel low because he's been like a wide receiver too, even with Josh Dobbs. So Ranking him as like a wide receiver three, like I said, doesn't feel great. Just speaks to how much depth there is at the uh, wide receiver position. And then the final tier here, tier five, we're going to go George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, and Drake London. Go with the back-to-back Steelers wide receivers. Now, I'd say that if both of these guys kind of stick in the same range, then I'd probably move them down. But I think each guy has the opportunity to be the wide receiver one. George Pickens was great without Deontay Johnson, played well last week. Deontay Johnson, we've seen over the last few seasons, absolute volume monster. It sucks to rank Amari Cooper this low because I think with a locked in healthy Deshaun Watson, he's probably more in that like wide receiver two range. But the uh, Deshaun Watson thing just continues to carry on. Not a great look there. And Amari Cooper just hasn't had the top production with the backups. Not his fault. It's just, you know, just the way it's kind of played out. Terry McLaurin, honestly, another guy who feels a little bit low. I feel like it just comes down to the ceiling here. If you want to put him at the top of this tier, not going to push back super hard. But I do think there's somewhat of a cap ceiling with McLaurin. Then we have Chris Godwin. Nice game last night. Um, Has looked solid. Just hasn't had the uh, crazy ceiling games of Mike Evans. But still a very strong wide receiver three here. And then wrapping it up with Drake London. There were a lot of guys here that felt like they should have made the cut. You had some of these younger options, Rasheed Rice, uh, Josh Downs, who have played very well as of late, trending up. Also guys like Tyler Lockett. I'm probably forgetting a lot of names here you know, that I considered to make the cut. It's a very deep position, like I said, so very tough, but those are going to be my top 36. Now pivoting over to the quarterback position, not as tough to rank these quarterbacks, I don't think. Starting off with tier one. Probably a pretty consensus tier one in terms of the players in it. Maybe not the order, 
Personally, I go Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. I'm guessing I'm probably in the minority here ranking Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes. I just think Lamar is the higher ceiling. Mahomes is obviously still going to be fine, even with subpar weapons, just due to him being a fantastic quarterback and the system he's in. But I just don't know if he possesses the upside of a guy like Lamar Jackson. Then tier two, just two guys here, Justin Herbert, Tua, both guys who have cooled off a little bit over the last few weeks. Still think they're a very, very solid weekly mid-tier QB1s. Then tier three, also two players, going to go Justin Fields and Joe Burrow. Now, if we're assuming that Joe Burrow is back to 100%, he would be a tier two guy. I just don't think that's a locked-in guarantee. For Justin Fields, obviously you have the injury risk, but when healthy, like he showed um, you know, over the last few weeks prior to his slow start, he can give you high-end QB1 production. So I think it's fair to have him in this tier. Tier four, these are like your uh, back-end QB1s, high-end QB2s, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, and CJ Stroud. I think Lawrence is going to have some positive regression in terms of his touchdowns. That's really the thing that's been holding him back. Kirk Cousins coming off a great game without Justin Jefferson should be a great option once Justin Jefferson does return. Brock Purdy dealing with a concussion, but a solid back-end weekly QB1 when he is healthy. Jared Goff has been solid, um, at least prior to last week. Decent weapons around him. I'm on Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs. So I do like him here as the QB12. And then CJ Stroud, very impressive for a rookie, especially a guy who doesn't have a ton of uh, rushing upside to be like a fringe QB1 in year one. So definitely a great start to the career out of CJ Stroud. And then the final tier, tier five, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Jordan Love, and Geno Smith. Could definitely see some variants in this tier. Kind of just picking whatever like, streamer QB2 you like out of those guys. And then shifting over to the tight end position, I feel like the tight end position is getting a little bit interesting here. I feel like you probably have nine players you feel somewhat confident starting week to week, which I think is kind of unique for the position. So we're going to start it off with Travis Kelsey, obviously the only tier one tight end locked in top option. Then tier two, we're going to go Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. Hopefully Hawkinson's healthy moving forward, but I think both of those guys belong in this tier. Then tier three, I'm going to go Sam Laporta, Darren Waller, and Evan Ingram. For Laporta, um, he's been fantastic as a rookie, definitely overachieved all expectations, great volume week to week, has also showcased some touchdown upside. Darren Waller, people were kind of leaving him for dead early on in the season. He has definitely had some bounce backs here. I also think the Giants offense could just kind of settle in here, maybe be a little bit better than they've been, and that's also going to benefit Darren Waller. Obviously, the concern with Waller long-term is that he's just always injured. Like, he's just constantly having these hamstring problems, which is not great. But as long as he's healthy, I feel like you just keep firing him up. Evan Ingram, now on a point-per-game basis, Ingram may seem high, especially like a tier separated from guys like Kittle and Goddard. But he just has not gotten into the end zone compared to guys like Kittle and Goddard. And I don't think like his role or what he's doing is like any less likely to lead to touchdowns. So like on this Jaguars offense, like I said, I think they're going to see some positive touchdown regression. I do think he belongs in a different level just based on his consistency and the volume he's seen over the last few weeks or pretty much the entire season. And then tier four, I'm willing to accept that I may be jumping the gun here on Dalton Kincaid, but I'm kind of fine with it. I'm going Kincaid as my tight end seven, Kittle as my tight end eight, Goddard as my tight end nine. No, I'm not necessarily saying that Dalton Kincaid is a better player over a guy like George Kittle but I really like the spot he's in here with this Bills offense. Even in a game where we saw Gabe Davis get heavily targeted, without Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid had great usage, and he also showed you know, some upside that he hasn't shown in recent weeks. He wasn't just like this 
like a little check down low a dot guy i think that's encouraging getting him to kind of be played in a more high upside role i really like that obviously attached to this offense is great and compared to guys like dallas goddard or george kittle who are competing with these top weapons aj brown devonta smith cmc debo brandon Ayuk, dalton kincaid is pretty much competing with stefan diggs and then Gabe Davis, who's going to have a few huge games here or there, but not a guy who's commanding a ton of volume. So I really like Kincaid moving forward. If you still prefer the proven guys like Kittle Goddard, I get it, um, but I would give the slight edge to Kincaid right now. Keep in mind, though, that I was very high on him as a prospect and a guy heading into the season, so that's probably factored in here. And then Kittle and Goddard, um, guys who probably aren't going to have super high weekly floors, but can give you those decent ceiling games. Do prefer Kittle. I just think he's the better player and has the higher weekly ceiling even though we have seen i believe goddard outperform him on a point per game basis i have one tier five tight end it's going to be kyle pitts i don't think he belongs up a tier but i also feel like he's a little bit better than some of the players in tier six so kind of a tier by himself and then tier six just a ton of tight end options here kind of just pick your poison we're gonna go jake ferguson dalton schultz david njoku luke musgrave michael Mayer, trey mcbride cole Komet, and logan thomas for Jake Ferguson, I like his usage in this Cowboys offense, has definitely carved out a role, has gotten into the end zone a couple times, also had some decent target numbers. Dalton Schultz, even though at one point it looked like he was just cooked with his usage, definitely had some serious bounce backs paired with CJ Stroud, who's playing very well. David Njoku, see the tough thing here, similar to guys like Amari Cooper, um, Elijah Moore, his value is pretty tied to Deshaun Watson's health. And right now that health isn't looking great, so he takes a hit. And then I have three straight rookies, Luke Musgrave, Michael Mayer, and Trey McBride. Doesn't look great for Luke Musgrave to play in this game, but his usage has been solid. Michael Mayer and Trey McBride are both guys who are trending up in the uh, usage department. Or sorry, I think I said McBride was a rookie. Second year guy, my bad there. Um, and then wrapping it up with Cole Komet and Logan Thomas. Cole Komet could be higher, I get it. Um, he doesn't have like the elite routes of some of the other tight ends in this tier, um, but he's fine. Once Justin Fields is back, he should be solid. And then Logan Thomas, not a super high weekly floor, but someone who's going to be involved running a decent number of routes. So that's going to wrap it up for the tight ends and all the position rest of season rankings. Like I said at the top, if you did enjoy, hit the like button. And then I want to hear your thoughts. Who's too high? Who's too low? Like I said, in some of these spots, it was tough to differentiate. So I may honestly agree with you if you say someone's too high or too low, but thank you all for stopping by. I will see you in the next one.